Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. I can't believe it. It's the last message of our summer series. We're coming to the end of Romans 8 today in our Transformed for Good series. I've so appreciated the various voices that have contributed to this over the summer for uh, on top of myself and the scripture that we've walked through. I want to thank Steph for welcoming and just uh, hosting us the last few weeks uh, on, our, on our live stream. I want to thank our tech team, our social media team, how they've helped make sure that this was online for everybody and recorded our events team for some of the events that have been going on. I hope you've been able to get outside. And it's interesting because we're streaming this right now at 10.30 a.m. It's going to be on demand later, but our church is actually hanging out at Centennial Park right now if you're watching this live. So you can still watch it, but once we're done, head over and um, meet with us at Centennial Park because we're going to be there. So I hope that works for you guys. That'd be awesome to see you there. Well, let's jump in to Romans 8. This last beautiful piece of Romans 8, starting at verse 31. Let's read it together. Let's just pause and ask the Lord to lead us. God, it's been a beautiful journey so far reading through this portion of Scripture. And we again invite you, by the power of your Spirit, to grab a hold of our attention to speak and lead and guide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What then are we to say about all these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? And who will bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? It is Jesus Christ who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Well, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Awesome. That is the end of Romans 8. When I was a kid, uh, some of you know this, some of you maybe don't know, I'm a twin, and so when I was a young boy living in Toronto, my mom would take us to the mall, and uh, here we were toddlers, and so she had these harnesses for my brother and I. Think like late 70s, uh, think of leather harnesses. Today, someone might call social services if they see that on a kid, I'm not sure. But my mom was hitting her 40s, and we're two young toddlers in a mall, and you do the math, and you realize that she needed some help to keep us cl- uh, close to her. Basically, she didn't want us to get separated. She, you know, the furthest... 
the, the, the thing she wanted the least was to, to make sure, you know, that we were together with her. She wanted to make sure we were close. When you think about that, think about kids, right? Kids that, that, that have fears from being separated from their parents, physically in a crowd or even sometimes emotionally. And when you think about that, you think about the opposite. Think about parents. One of the things that parents long to do is to assure their kids that nothing will separate them from them. And nothing will get between you and them. They want to give you assurance that they're close, that they're with you, that they're for you. At the end of Romans 8, Paul is like this parent. He's assuring us. He's assuring these Christ followers, this young church in the middle of Rome, in the middle of the Roman Empire. And he's basically saying to them, God is for you and nothing will separate you from him. Romans 8 starts with this phrase, right? There is no condemnation. And it ends with there is no separation. These are the two bookends of Romans 8. No condemnation, no separation. And the idea that Paul uses to get this across to you and me is that we are more than conquerors. Now, to be a conqueror is not just viewed as a victor, but is a word that knows that you're, you've gotten through something, that you're getting through something, that you're coming out the other side alive and well. And so Paul, he reminds us in Romans 8 that there's this hope in present transformation, but there's also hope in new creation, in the future. We keep coming back to this theme in this chapter. In Christ, the Spirit dwells in you, and you can be sure of this. You're not only transformed, get this, you're not only transformed for good, but you're transformed for good. See the difference? You're not just transformed for good or for something good. You're transformed for good. Assurance. How can you be sure of that? What confidence does someone have in Christ that they are and will conquer? Well, Paul lets us know so boldly in that early verse, verse 32. He says, God is for us. Now, Paul asks this question rhetorically, is God for us? And he already knows the answer. And from verses 32 to 35, with this kind of Q&A form of writing, he builds this crescendo from the bottom up to this big triumphant climax in what he's writing in this chapter to build his point. And the big climax is an answer to the question of separation. Who will separate you from the love of Christ? Who will separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ? And Paul's answer is nothing. No one. Now, we're tempted in our way of reading this in a modern way, a consumeristic way, a comfort-seeking way, a uh, seeking lens maybe for this. When we read conquering, we think comfort. When we read con uh, conquering, we think my convenience. We think maybe my freedom and my prosperity. When we think conquering, maybe you envision your political party winning in the next election, or you are maybe thinking that conquering means that your values or our values are inscripted in national law. Think about that. And it's not, I don't want to say that's a bad thought. You know, you could want your political party to win, or, you, or we could want our values embedded in society. 
But unfortunately, what we see today in many social media uh, circles is this claiming that the way we conquer is by securing our right for us, our right to gather, our right to do this, our right to do that. Maybe our con- a view of conquering is that our values are honored in society above others or maybe on equal footing with other laws or other groups. Again, not a bad want, but take that further, and it's not uncommon for Christians to claim that God is for us in the way that believing that God will make our nation, the one we live in, better and bigger and stronger than every other nation in the world, even when it comes to war. And when this becomes the measurement of conquering, I think we're detouring away from the New Testament and the New Testament experience. And what makes me say that? What makes me say that? Because even though Paul, in the middle of this, says, we are more than conquerors, verse 35, listen to to how he describes his experience personally and the experience of the believers he's writing to. Paul describes experiences he and others are facing that would have caused them to fear separation from the love of Christ. In verse 35, we read about hardship. We read about distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. None of those words say conquer. None of those words sound like they've conquered. Actually, it sounds like they've lost. Somehow, Paul is describing their situation, yet he can still say they're more than conquerors. He then quotes Psalm 44, where in verse 22 of Psalm 44, it says, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted for a sheep to be slaughtered. Wow. What a contrasting description here. See, if we just take that psalm in context, that psalm wasn't meant as a lament for when Israel was unfaithful. It was the reverse. They actually experienced this oppression when they were faithful. That's crazy. Paul picks up on this, on his and their faithfulness and how his faithfulness and the church's faithfulness actually resulted in hardship. It resulted in persecution. It's hard for us to understand this. In fact, I was writing this message on my deck. And as I'm writing and thinking and preparing these words, I'm literally sitting on a chair in my deck and I'm looking at my garden. You know, and this garden is one that I've kind of slowly cultivated over 10 or 15 years. And the, maybe the patio stones you see on the floor, things I put together. And, and it's just like a love that, that we have to build our outdoors, you know. But I'm, I'm writing this and I'm thinking about persecution and th- reading these words. And I'm like, yeah, this is, there's a disconnect here. And for me as a Christian, if I want to start claiming conquering as me being able to sit on my deck and read the Bible and write these words, then that's not the same experience as the Apostle Paul. And we got to be careful how we view conquering and how we pursue conquering. See, to most of us listening, Paul's words are just a theory of what it means to be a Christian, are just a characterization of what it means to be a Christian. The most Christians that are most Christians that are complaining on social media or out loud are afraid of losing comfort, are afraid of losing rights, and we cry foul or persecution. And I'm not saying it's not possible, I'm not saying persecution can come, and I'm not also belittling what persecution can feel like. But we read in this text that we're more than conquerors, 
And Paul's writing from a place of vulnerability and pain and hardship. So here's, here's how I want to describe this. Read this phrase with me off the screen. Paul doesn't claim God is for us because God removes or rescues us from hardship, but because God is present through the hardship. Think about that again. Paul doesn't claim God is for us because God removes the hardship or rescues us from the hardship, but because God is present through the hardship. That's really an important distinction here. In verse 38, Paul highlights something here. He highlights the powers that are often behind the persecution or hardships that he's feeling. In verse 38, he talks about death, life, angels, rulers, powers, and anything else in creation. And some of those words talk about kind of like the spiritual warfare, the spiritual powers behind this, the powers behind the hardship and persecution, the brokenness in creation, the groans for redemption. Now, you and I will be tempted by some of these things We'll be tempted by persecution. We'll be tempted by the powers. And how will we be tempted? We will be tempted to feel like we've fallen, to feel like we're separated from God. One theologian said that the greatest earthly temptation is to feel lost, alone, defeated, to question God, to feel driven away, and to feel robbed. In other words, one of the greatest temptations that Christians will face is that they will feel separated or they will fear separation. Can this separate you from the love of Christ? Can this list of persecutions or hardships or this list of powers, can that separate you from the love of Christ or the love of God that's in Christ? And Paul's answer is an emphatic no. It's impossible. Verse 37, I want to read it. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, in the hardship and distress or imprisonment or persecution or peril or sword, which means potential death, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this is so important for you and I to grasp this especially how we approach things in our own culture, but for our own personal walk with Christ and what it means to be the church in this season. See, and I want you to get this. Paul doesn't pat us on the back and say, listen, listen, don't let yourself be separated from Jesus. Paul doesn't come alongside us and, you know, just kind of say, hey, hey, be careful. Don't get separated from Jesus. Don't get separated from Jesus. No, no, no. Paul looks us in the eye and he says, you cannot be separated from Jesus. He's been telling us all along, if you're in Christ and the Spirit of, of God dwells in you, the answer is no, you're not separated. A few years ago, a few guys from Westside um, did, uh, went, and, went and hung, took the, uh, what's it called? I think it's called like um, the, uh, the, the tree lines where you kind of like swing across the trees and get yourself on a harness and kind of walk, you know, kind of slide through the wires. And so we had walked the trees and went on this apparatus and it was super fun. I'm very afraid of heights. I, mean, I don't want to say very on, you know, for the whole internet to hear, but I guess I'm a little bit afraid of heights. And I remember, you know, I had to get the harness on, had to make sure I was locked in, had to make sure that, that the, the contraption on top was stuck onto the wire at all times while we're doing this, this whole thing. And then 
the last, the last, last piece of this, this course was a 400-meter line to the finish through the trees. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what if I fall off? And so I was buckled in. My harness was tight. The, the piece was stuck onto the wire. It was locked in, and I let go, and I just flew down that line 400 meters in midair. Nothing, nothing separated me from that line. I was fully intact. I was fully assured. I was flying through the air, locked in. And I want you to listen to these words as we close. Verse 37 to 38. Just listen to these words one more time. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we've come to the end of this chapter, this beautiful portion of Scripture. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There is no separation for those in Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. You are for us. God, help us to discern what that looks like. Might not always look and be communicated like culture communicates to us that conquering means winning, conquering means prosperity, conquering means we have everything and others don't. Lord, we're so grateful that despite that, good and bad, healthy or sick, rich or poor, comfort or discomfort, free or imprisoned, we are still more than conquerors and we are still not separated from the love of Christ, from your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. And may we know this deeply and walk more confidently because of it and more humbly because of it as we follow you and serve you and experience this life that is found in Christ as your Holy Spirit indwells us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. 
Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.